0: Past the all star break, and now to talk NBA and what things look like and more here on Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I am your host, Jay. Thank y'all for pulling up and listening to us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're there, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway. and gift it So. On today's episode of Unfair Sports, we're gonna dive into all things NBA. First off, starting off with a special guest, we're gonna dive into the East, the West, some of the trade deadline thoughts. Can the Sacramento Kings do it? Are the Denver Nuggets forgotten? All of that jazz. We're gonna dump, jump, and the Utah Jazz. We're gonna talk about the Lakers. You name it. We're gonna go all into it as we come out of the All Star break. So. Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906, and uh, yeah, just let me know what you think of the show. Call and tell me hi, whatever you want to do. I would love to hear from you all, 430-901-1906. What's good? What's good? What's good, everybody? Thank y'all for pulling up here to the show. Thanks for listening to us here on this Friday. Got a special guest, my boy Zach Noble from the Noble and Ruth Show over at all his life we're going to talk about a lot of things nba and so i wanted to give just a quick opening on that we uh we're going to dive in we're going to talk about just you know who he thinks are uh ready to compete we're going to talk about the thunder we're going to talk about the timberwolves his squad and the rudy gobert trade that i still feel like was not a good trade and also dive into, can the Lakers turn it around? Who's the best in the East and the West? And so with that being said, let's dive right into this conversation. All right, I got a special guest here on the show, friend of the show, Zach Noble from the Noble and show over at Ball is Live. Zach, what's going on, man?
1: Dude, and I'm glad All Star break is over. I mean, we needed <laughs> needed hoops over that long break, and as a dad, you do a lot of sitting around. So I I need the hoops in my life.
0: I can totally understand that, man. It's uh, uh it feels like with of course the break being a little bit longer than normal. It's it's still kind of weird because none of us has adjusted to the fact that they've added extra days. But um, yeah, it's good uh, though. You know, it is. It's good for the players, and at the same time, it's you know, um, kind of a uh, a good, good way to try to make us forget what happened at the all-star game. Usually because, especially because this one was not, uh, <laughs> what we were hoping for <laughs> in Utah. So, you know, Hey, Utah got an all-star game. That's all we can say is they got lucky. But, um, this season though, it's been a, it's been a wild season, man. There's a few things I want to dive into, with you, Zach and, um, through people, uh, we're definitely going to, Hit uh, a lot of topics, so let's start off with this trade deadline. One of the things that jumped out to me is is the NBA. To me, it's pretty genius of putting all uh, putting the uh, the trade deadline same week as the Super Bowl because it definitely broke up the uh, attention from the Super Bowl yeah. like that's it, normally there. People are stopping what they're doing, having full segments on these trades, and so we had two really big ones. One right before with the Kyrie Irving trade and then the Kevin Durant move to Phoenix. So uh, let's start off with that one first. Did that breakup finally from Brooklyn? Was that like the biggest failure you'd ever seen in NBA history?
1: You know, it. I mean, it is because it was going to be an all time big three. I mean, mm-hmm. it when they played together, they were special. And I mean, they're all at their peaks yet. I still believe that. I mean, Harden's proven that this year. I mean, he's, he's a top 10 guy in my eyes and just unfathomable that he didn't make the all-star game. Yeah. He missed a bunch of games this year, but I mean, so did everybody else in the league, but you put all those guys together. I mean, throughout their stretches, even in Brooklyn, they showed it like that first year Harden got there. I mean, he was still at his peak and just changed his game and adapted to the way that team needed. And I, I, I mean, who knows? But, I mean, if they stay healthy, who knows what could happen? They could have been healthy for three, four years. They could have won two, three titles in that stretch. But um, we'll never know. We'll never know. And I personally think um, COVID had everything to do with it. I mean, that and injuries. I mean, you put that many injury-prone players together, that was two out of three. Katie and Kyrie were already proven to miss a ton of games way before that. So that's the only time I'm, because I'm always the person that says, take the risk. It's a superstar league. Do it. Go for it every time. And um, except, I mean, if it's a top 10 talent, that that's what I'm talking about. I mean, don't ever worry about the fit if it's like a top seven to top 10 guy that you're putting in. Uh, but when you got injuries that those guys have had and all the just other random stuff that have come up, it's like you got to think twice about it. Uh, but I think they broke up in a pretty good manner. I mean, I think Brooklyn's in a fine spot. They got a lot of their picks back. They got building blocks that are going to be good forever. I mean, if they want those guys to stick around, they're going to fit with any type of talent they bring in. Uh, I'm just worried that my boy Cam Thomas, who I'm really happy for, um, is breaking out and he's getting his opportunity. But now with Spencer Dinwiddie, he's coming in, he's taking his minutes, and the Cal Bridges, so hopefully they don't screw up that because it was getting special uh, for Cam Thomas there.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. And I'm wondering what Brooklyn's gonna look like, even though right now they are playoff bound, can they keep the pace to keep themselves at least into the play-in and make it kind of interesting with the Stars gone? Because of course, when Kyrie first got there, same thing with Kevin Durant, this team was still a playoff team, playoff caliber team with Dinwiddie and all the players they had at the time. And then once people start to ship out and ship away, maintain playoff status. But, of course, as you mentioned, health has been the biggest issue. So Kyrie going to Dallas and then Kevin going to Phoenix, in which Kevin wanted to go to Phoenix this summer. Yeah. And I'm still intrigued. and I, I guess I'm perplexed at the fact that Brooklyn didn't just blow this up back then when they knew they should have and they waited long term. But do you see, like, the Kyrie play in Dallas which one do you think is going to work the best, Kyrie and Dallas or Katie and Phoenix?
1: Uh, Katie and Phoenix for sure, but at the end of the day, it's going to all depend on injuries again. I mean, mm-hmm. if Katie's not healthy and Kyrie and Luca both are, I mean, they can compete with just about anybody um, outside, outside of Phoenix. I mean, if Katie's healthy, that team stands out far and above um, the Denver and uh, Golden States, even. Um, I truly believe that uh, because Chris Paul's starting to get his groove back. He's clutch when it matters. I mean, I thought he was washed at the beginning of the year for a while. I was really nervous about Chris Paul's career being over and that contract being albatross. But he's popping up at the right times right now, uh, and I, I think if Katie comes back and is right back to where he was, I think they're going to be just fine. Even though they they gave up two huge depth pieces and. Bridges and Cam Thomas and not Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, double (laughs) Cam in Brooklyn there. Uh, But honestly, I think, call me crazy, this Dallas team might have been better last year with Jalen Brunson just because of fit. Um, Jalen Brunson and the defense they had with Dorian Finney-Smith when they were peaking last year, because Jalen Brunson was a savage in the playoffs. He was incredible. Uh, He was the Jalen Brunson we're seeing in New York almost. I'd say it was 95% of what what he's done this year in New York um, at a minimum. And it's just he doesn't need the usage Kyrie Irving does. He also is a much better defender than Kyrie Irving. Uh, But also it's just he's a connecting piece. And so with that said, I mean, I think Kyrie and Luca will fit seamlessly. But I think Dorian Finney-Smith is such a big loss for that team. Um, didn't want, to, he wasn't much of a defender, not losing him there, but, um, just, yeah. The other small marginal pieces they've lost to throughout the way. Um, and then filling it in with guys who are just focused on offense, like Christian Wood, um, Davis Bertans, those, those types. It's like, I think they're a second round max team unless they get lucky with injuries. I really, I really do.
0: Ooh, that's a bold one. And to be honest, that's kinda like the been the been the hot take from a lot of folks. Post- not really hot take, but more so the take from a lot of people is who's gonna play defense on this team? <laughs> who's Great. gonna be the defender that's gonna step up for them because losing Dorian Finley Smith and is just kind of kind of a big piece on that, like I said, on that other side of the ball. But I do think that Kyrie and and Luca can figure it out because Kyrie's kind of proven that he's okay with being off the ball. I mean, he, hell, he played with LeBron for a while and was able to make it work for the most part, even the young version of himself. Uh, the question is going to be though is can they establish who's going to need to score that last point? Because so I remember watching them at the, in the last like couple seconds of a game kept passing it back and forth to each other between Luca and Kyrie. And that was just hilarious to me. I'm like, yeah, That's one of the first games. <laughs> yeah you'll figure it out at some Go point, ahead. but, um, I do think that the Durant trade is probably gonna be the one that pays the most dividends because imagine having KD and Devin Booker just wing right. to wing, even even a 80% Kevin Durant is still good enough Better to than be a threat. <laughs> right, a big enough threat with Devin Booker and Chris Paul out there. So yeah, defensively they won't be, I mean, losing Jay crowd or losing Bridges. Um, they're not, they're not going to have the defense that you, that you hope for, but this may actually unlock Aiton. I don't know. We'll have to see what that looks like, uh, going there, but some of these shockers, man, okay, with them two going to the West, it feels like it kind of separates everybody in the East. It's Boston. It's Milwaukee. It's Philly. Do you think that as big of a shocker as they are? the Cavaliers have a chance to try to break into either finishing in the top three once the playoffs hit, or do you think they can go deep in the playoffs at all?
1: So I look at the Cavs as like a better version of the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago when Trey went on that run. Uh, They're just, they, just a surprise team in the playoffs if they do any damage, because those other three teams are way better than them. I mean, way more experience, better defense, I mean, Cavs, I mean, they can they can get there if they play. it. I mean, as a team like they do, I mean, things change in the playoffs. It slows down. Um, Donovan Mitchell will, I mean, be going more one-on-one, and that might take away from Darius Garland more than them playing fast and all the possessions they get in the, the regular season um, as defense titans and all that. But um, I think they have the talent, but they're just a year away yet. Um, I, like, I think this team doesn't need to do anything like I think they have the exact talent to win a title uh but I just think they're they're a year of experience away and that's all right there's a process to this but I mean it wouldn't shock me if they beat Philly it would shock me if they beat Boston or Milwaukee though absolutely if Chris Middleton if Chris Middleton gets back to where he was too I mean if Middleton's where he's at right now I mean that opens the door a lot more um, I truly believe that because that means they can just focus in on Giannis, put Jared Allen and Mobley on him mostly. And uh, then you're just relying on Drew Holiday to figure it out. And he can go cold quite often.
0: Yeah, that's true. And and that Atlanta team, they, I mean, yeah, they were a shocker. I mean, they knocked off, knocking off the Knicks. And they, they knocked off Philly that year too, didn't they? They did. Yep. So, yeah, that, uh, that that's a deep, Pretty darn good run for a team that like you mentioned, we we didn't even expect to be as good as they were. And Trey it just lost fit his really run. well though. Yeah, they did. It, which is crazy. And I, I guess that that's a good segue into the firing of Nate uh McMillan. It 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 I I don't know if I can say that I was surprised, but because it seemed like there's been nothing but a bad aura around them since Nate got the job and had that run. It just felt like it was in, it was inevitable for them to him to lose his job because the stars who probably Trey young and some of the others don't like the fact that he's known for holding everybody accountable. And it just didn't really just mesh. Well, did Atlanta make a mistake letting him go so early? It's getting
1: really weird in Atlanta. I mean, it's quite unfortunate. I liked the DeJounte Murray move. I thought it could only help. And um, honestly, I don't think any of the players are at a fault right now besides Trey Young. Like, this is the second coach he's ran out. They've given him all the power. And now, I mean, more and more reports are coming out about Schlank originally wanting Luka. And... Um, 92.9 their main radio station a lot of people mm-hmm. think it's kind of fraudulent and they like to blow a little, a little smoke here and there but I mean it is what it is they're a big radio station there and they're reporting that um, that he was all in on Luca and he got pushed into trading for Trey but also that they're thinking about trading Trey this offseason and um, I mean he's ran two coaches out of town Let, let's be honest here I mean And he ran a really good one out this time. And it just seems like John Cullen is in him, uh, beefed quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot, there's just a lot of smoke that's happened around Trey. And I don't want it to be true, but like when all (laughs) these things stacking up, like it's hard to get past this. And it's not like any of his teammates are rushing to his defense. Um, You don't hear Capella's or DeAndre Hunter out there saying, This is my guy, or any of the young rookie saying this is my vet like we're gonna be fine but no they're just chilling they're just letting it happen and letting it unfold and um I don't know I think they're going backwards and I mean you got pieces that you can still build around and have a great team and take back the pieces for Trey Young and still be fine but to trade Luka Doncic and to make it to the conference finals a couple of years ago with this guy who was looking to be an NBA icon for a long time, and he jumped on the scene very quickly, and then you trade him for which it's never going to be what you're trading the guy for. The player is always worth the pieces, especially when he's young. I mean, it is. Yeah,
0: it's
1: just how it goes. I mean, it's like Katie and Kyrie trades, even though Brooklyn might have done all right, but yeah, the player is more worth it usually. So. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for Atlanta fans, uh, but it's going to be interesting how that plays out. I think they're going to be the most intriguing team going into the offseason if they don't, like, make the playoffs especially. I mean, I think there's no way they don't make the play-in, but you never know. I mean, Orlando's rolling right now, and uh, that would be pretty pretty bad looks if they they pass up Atlanta here.
0: No, and I agree with you there. That that would be quite actually terrible for Atlanta if they let Orlando of all teams pass them up um being at the current 8th seed um uh, for the play in and yeah, I'm 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 intrigued at the idea of trading Trey Young and where you would ship him like what team would actually want to take him on and his contract and feel confident that he could be the number 1 on the roster, even though, you know, both him and Luca have made, well, Luca's made three playoffs. He's made two, and they both only made one conference uh finals each. So. Um, That's really good. That's really yeah. good at this point in their career. It's like, yeah. what type of expectations are we putting on these
1: guys? Like, it's okay. Even if, even if Trey young had a year where he's just sitting around 500 years, like he made up for that in years where he wasn't expected to do shit. I mean, Point. Just because you traded all these guys for him doesn't mean you can't rush the rookie process. It just worked. You got lucky. Trey Young is still really freaking good. Things are gonna happen, but like players get passes early on in their career if you have any sort of um empathetic and realistic brain. Uh, like Michael Jordan didn't make he struggled in his first couple of years. Come on. I mean, if you're gonna compare him to that, like LeBron didn't come into the league going, yes, LeBron didn't have the roster Trey Young had, sure. Yes, context matters. But um, the fact that John Collins has gotten worse this year has really been disappointing. Um, bogey a little bit, but he's still he's still fine. Uh, but Trey Young's got to be a dude that makes players around him better. Okay, that's what it comes down to. And if he can't make good players around him better, that's a problem. And right now he's got good talent around him, uh, but I, I'm i going to give him a year pass for sure.
0: No, I get you on that. And I think it's fascinating too. I mean, his second year, he averaged, what, 29 a game, 29 and nine, which is pretty absurd. And then this year he's down to 26, but averaging 10 assists. So <clears> it looks like he's trying to make an attempt to get get get, get the ball moved around. But at the same time, if you don't have the player to even try to make them get better, it's – Usually what the struggle is John Collins, like you said, getting worse. It's, it's, it's fascinating how all of this is going to line up after two coaches being ran out by Trey Young and if they do try to ship them out. So no, but let's jump over here to the West because this is crazy to me. First off, I got to know your thoughts on this. You believe in the Denver Nuggets.
1: I do want um, they make it to the playoffs and Jamal Murray is still a little bit better than he is right now. I, I just don't think he's good enough at this moment. He's still getting his legs back, his consistency back. I mean, he's literally, I mean, whatever people thought of like Harden last year, like from Harden's peak, that's what Jamal Murray is right now. It, it, it really is like, but I'm not comparing him to Harden. I'm just saying from Jamal Murray's peak, the same decline that Harden kind of went through getting his legs back last year. Yeah. Uh, but Jamal Murray is going to be fine. Uh, he's shown plenty of glimpses. Um, his numbers are, are fine. It's just that he's not explosive as, enough as he, he needs to be and not as consistent as he needs to be, even though you can argue his numbers say differently. But the, the tape shows that uh he just needs to be better more often and michael porter jr is always a complimentary piece the rest of the team is what's getting this team over the hump like it comes down to jamal murray in my opinion because the rest of the pieces really don't need to do much besides their role you know Jokic. we know what he's going to be in the playoffs i mean He's going to be good. He's going to be, can be stopped at times that, but if somebody else isn't hot, he's going to have a tough time opening up for everybody else. I mean, to beat those really good teams.
0: Yeah. See like, so like for me, I'm not sold on Denver and it's really no shade to them. It's more so that we've seen this movie before. We, we know we've seen Denver be really good in the regular season, make it within the top three seeds. Go out there, somebody gets hurt, or they fall apart right there at the second round or the first round. They've made one conference final. They've made two conference finals in, like, the last 15 years. Um, And in between there, they've had really good seasons. So you're like, oh, man, Denver's going to do some really good things. This might be their year. And then all of a sudden, everything falls apart. But now they have who who arguably is probably going to be a three-time MVP in a row, something that we don't give out, the league doesn't like doing that. Uh, we get the writers and everybody gets fatigue for voting for certain players and he's gonna end up getting that. And at the same time, the question's gonna be, can he get past the second round uh, for a second time? And I'm just not sold on them yet. I've gotta see them make it deep in the playoffs before I can say, oh yeah. And I, and the main reason is, is, as much as I like Michael Porter Jr., he has health issues like you mentioned about Jamal Murray, we've got to see if he's going to get back to who he was because he has health issues. And it seemed like Aaron Gordon has been out of the, in and out of the roster this season. And so if the only person that you have consistent is our boy, Jokic, how do you win when he's a solo act? I don't but know. everybody else has been
1: good enough throughout the regular season. And it's like, the reason why I believe in Denver this year is yes, they're better than they've ever been. This is the best talent that Jokic has ever had around him. Um, I agree with you there. You can say Jamal Murray, but like at the same time, they didn't have this good of an Aaron Gordon that fit perfectly. They didn't have KCP. They didn't have um, MPJ playing this good. Um, so I'd rather have this team than uh, Jamal Murray going for fifty any day. Like this team is much deeper. Um, the fits there. Defense can they can rely on that come playoff time. I, I just think it's an excellent playoff team. And the competition, like, the West sucks right now. The West is absolutely, t- it's its them and then a big drop-off. And unless Steph Curry comes back soon, which he's not, um, KD, I still need to see it. You know, like, that's it. It's, it's them and Phoenix um, and the Clippers. But, like, I'm not going to ever believe in the Clippers until Paul George and Kawhi are fully healthy through a first-round series. And then we'll talk. I mean, if we make it through the first round, okay, they could be the number one team in the West easily, but the West is just, it's, it's so cliche and easy to talk about injuries too, but these are the facts. I mean, guys, guys can be injured. We're not talking about Jokic here. No injury history. Like we know what we're getting with Nikola Jokic. Like James Harden has been pretty healthy. Most of his career, he's just had a year and a half two year stretch. Like, um there's LeBron James I mean has been very freaking healthy most of his career like you know those healthy guys like Donovan Mitchell so you know the reliable players and you know the ones that aren't and it that's what comes down to the playoffs it really does
0: yeah, and, and that's the question I have with Denver. As long as they're healthy, they should be fine. While at the same time, it looks like everybody else in the conference is dealing with the exact same problem as them as far as health. So I'm guessing the question is, Is do they have the depth to beat everybody else when they lose a star player and the other team lose a star player too? And it does seem like this is their deepest team. I just got to see them get to the conference finals before I can be sold a second time. So uh, transition. I mean, everybody,
1: uh-huh. real quick, everybody at their peak, where would you put Denver? I know you're taking Phoenix over them. Um, yep. If everybody's healthy and at their peak, I'm st- I'm taking Denver second. I am.
0: I mean. Ooh, that's a good question. And, and as I look at this, healthy, I mean, if you throw Golden State, Golden State there. Golden State's with, tough, with, but it's like, with, Clay, snapping. Yeah. Jordan
1: Poole's down this year, like, and he's been healthy. It's like, come on. Yeah, that's Wiggins, true. What, where's Wiggins been?
0: Hey. <laughs> Oh, we gotta talk about Wiggins in a bit. We're talking about Wiggins in a bit, but you're, that's a good point. That is a very good point. Health wise, I'd probably take Denver at second as well. I would probably throw the Clippers third, Memphis fourth, and they're number two right now. And I'm curious to if they can make any any sound. Frauds. Everybody believes they're frauds. I I I'm I don't know yet. I'm just gonna wait and see what they look like. But but there's one for you though. The Sacramento Kings, where the hell they come from? But let <clears throat> me make my point real quick. I try to tell a lot of people, man, I've been arguing it for years. Mike Brown's a hell of a coach. The best part about him is you give him a team of young players that he can micromanage, that dude will get you 60 wins. I don't know how, but he will do it. But then once they become stars, the entire coaching system that he has just falls apart. I am amazed at what Sacramento's doing and that is a sign of good coaching. You think they're frauds or you think they can actually make some noise in the playoffs?
1: So I don't classify not making noise in the playoffs frauds. It's all about expectations and like realistic expectations for Sacramento and Mike Brown's first year was 12 seed to eight seed. Let's, let's be honest and they're exceeding the shit out of that right now. And, um, even with them, even, even if they finish in the three seed where I'm not saying they're going to do that, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to finish that high, but even if they do finish there, which they're three, four games ahead right now, they could easily do that.
0: Um, in a weak conference, as you mentioned, the West is pretty weak <laughs> this yes. year. It's wide. open. Correct. Correct. But like
1: for me. I'm Mr. I believe I have really realistic expectations for everybody. So, like, here's the bar I'm set for Sacramento. Win two games in the first round. Anything less than that's a failure. Anything more than that is a joy. Like, let's be honest. I mean, it's their first playoff appearance outside of Harrison Barnes and DeMontis Sabonis, but Fox is the engine of that team. And... In playoff time, he's going to need to be the guy that goes and gets the buckets. Like, it's you run through De'Aaron Fox in the clutch. He is Mr. Clutch, but it's a completely different game in the playoffs. I think they can win a first-round series, but I'm taking Dallas. I'm taking um, Golden State over them. I'm taking Phoenix over them. Now, the Clippers would be tough. They'd have to both go 4-5, but... Um, Minnesota, fully healthy, like the only team they really like they should be able to beat New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, because that team, we have no idea what they've been and they've been all over the place this year. But Sacramento should be able to beat them. Minnesota, OKC, Utah, Portland, those teams. But like the Lakers, man, if they sneak in like I'm picking the Lakers over the Kings. Come on. And the Lakers, there's no way they shouldn't go on a huge run here and finish in the top eight. I mean, LeBron's not that good if he can't win a bunch of games here with this team. There's no excuses for this Lakers team. So the Kings, let's give them their flowers. Let's let them enjoy this run, and then we'll set the expectation next year. Or am I being too soft?
0: No, I I think you're fair with that. Like you say it. Win two games in the playoffs, and that's the most important thing. You win two games, that's that's where the expectation should be. You win more and make it into the next round, or just win three and extend it. Dude, it's a delight. You've had an amazing season. De'Aaron Fox is still only 25 years old, so your roster is still very young, and they've been growing up together. And so that's something you want. Maybe you can build off of that into something bigger over the next couple of years um, and be able to actually make some runs, uh, hopefully. And Keegan Murray, I mean, he's a piece. Like, yeah, they got some a blossoming pieces. rookie. Davian Mitchell, they've got some. You know, they've got some people that can grow with them. I mean, they've got uh, six people in double figures this season, and right, pretty darn good. I would have never expected it. While at the same time. I have said that Mike Brown's a really good coach when it comes to young players that he can micromanage. Um, I'm just curious to see where they go once they get a quote unquote certified star or someone that's considered a player that is uh that's that's big enough that they can kind of have ice, more ISO moments. How does he last in that? And so that leads us right perfectly into the Lakers, as you made mention of. Are they gonna make a run and, and get into the at least a play in? Because I mean, they they shipped out Westbrook, which everyone was blaming for everything. Um, they got him out. Now they brought in Mobamba. Um, uh, they brought in who else was it? Highland? Is that the other player that they brought no, in? No, he went to the
1: Clippers, man. Him he and went Gordon to went to the Clippers.
0: That's um, who they won. brought in
1: D'Angelo Russell. Um, who else? They oh they got uh Mo, you said Mobamba.
0: Yep. Uh, that's what it was Andrew yeah. russell mo bamba no
1: they got a couple
0: uh ru hachimura he, there uh, we go he's been good they so they they they, they they're building up oh, yeah beasley and vanderbilt you know basically everybody from you all everybody that you all brought bro, from minnesota went over to the lakers i'm still Can heartbroken they, yeah i know you are i know especially vanderbilt that was your dude i'm you've been you've been high on yeah. him for, for a he's bit.
1: incredible and perfect fit next to ad
0: yeah, so, so how is, do, do you, do you see them making something happen now that they've got some young players that can play in the post next to Anthony Davis with Vanderbilt and Mobamba Bamba and um, having a defender, I guess, in Hachimura who we believe is solid at that. And then LeBron didn't have to do literally everything on the court. Can they turn this around?
1: So there's six games out of six seed. Okay. That's, shouldn't be out of the picture. Like they should be zoning in on that. I'm not saying I expect that. I'm not putting them there, but like No, I take that back. There's six games of the three seed, Sacramento. Yeah, so let's let's be realistic. (laughs) Yeah, and it's Sacramento. So you're in this thing if you just grab your balls and go at it, man. Like they have the players. They have they have their dogs, like just practice harder, just, these guys should fit really well, like, LeBron and the whole front office, and everybody around Laker Nation is, bitching and moaning about the depth, you have the depth, you have shooting, you have everything you need right now, like, if this was the team at the beginning of the year, they'd be a top five championship contender on paper, so they should be, in my opinion, but I'm not, putting them there because they're so far back right now, nor do I expect Mm -hmm. that. It's just there's no excuse for not being a top eight team, okay? Uh, Yes, they're in 13. I understand that. But, like, Utah, Portland, OKC, like those teams really aren't going to go that hard to finish the year, and they're young. Um, So (laughs) there's no excuse for at least finishing nine or ten i mean minnesota doesn't have carl anthony towns like they should have been ahead of minnesota all year in the first place Um, ad and lebron played a lot of games they played enough games and so uh, i personally think they're i mean if they were having a good year or achieving or living up to the stats that lebron and ad are actually putting up they should be an eighth eighth seed right now they should be 31 and 30 as the eighth seed and LeBron's getting a pass this year. I mean, I know he's old, but like I'm okay with giving him a pass if you want, but like, don't like celebrate him when he explodes then either, you know, just take everything as a big win or if that's what you want to do, but like, it's just weird. Like to me, he should be getting pretty criticized um, because I do think it's there's been a lot of stat chasing defense has been bad, but like, I also don't have, like I said, eight seed. Is, I'd been fine with that at the beginning of the year for the team on favorite.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're right. And I think what LeBron is more so that age, he's not supposed to be playing as good at this age. This is usually when players start to fall apart um, at this point in their career. And somehow he's right. averaging 38 and seven right now with a steal and, a, and just under a block, literally leading every statistical category for the team that he's playing for in an eligible uh, amount of time playing because... Anthony Davis, as consistently as he is, is missing a ton of basketball. But going with them from there to the, you know, they swapped out basically most of the players that they had, sent them over to, uh, well, receive players from Minnesota as they shipped out Westbrook to uh, Utah. Let's talk about your Wolves, man, to wrap things up and put a bow on it. Cats have been out for a bit since, what, November. Um, The team was kind of struggling at that point. How you feeling about this Gobert experiment right now?
1: You know, he hasn't been as bad as people make him out to be, but at the same time, like, this team should be very equal to his Utah teams on paper. I mean, and the fits-wise, like, it should have been pretty seamless outside of Mike Conley to D'Angelo Russell. And I've said all year that D'Angelo Russell has been pretty good and better. Uh, so, I mean, he's definitely... Not holding up his end of the bargain defensively. Offensively, Gobert has been fine, and the Russell Gobert pairing was a lot better than people made it out to be. I mean, the numbers backed it up, and um, it was just it was one of the most strange situations from a numbers to eye test situation. Like the numbers looked way better than the eye test did um, with those two, um, but again, the team is not that cohesive of a team. It's like last year, they just survived off talent and there was a lot of talent on the team and, uh, they hustled, they grinded. It wasn't ever really pretty. It's the same situation this year, We're just losing a lot of talent. Um, and don't have the, don't have the dogs right now. I mean, we just got guys that are trying to get better offensively. Like Jaden McDaniels, I mean, yes, he can be so good defensively at times, and he could be all NBA defense probably by next year. Some think he'll be up for it this year. It's just like he's focusing a lot offensively, okay, and he's focusing on working on his bag and all all of this, and I like our depth. I mean... Austin Rivers has been pretty dang good. Kyle Anderson has been phenomenal this year. Kyle Anderson has been absolutely incredible and just a perfect fit. It's just like, why isn't this working? There's no, I mean, there's no fluidity to it. There's no hmm. structure. It's just figuring it out as they go. It just kind of looks like pickup ball all the time. And um, when they're they're rolling, it's it's fun and because you'll you'll get hot and you'll figure each other out and it's just the pace that the pace was the biggest issue all year. And that's the yeah. easiest way to put it. I mean, Finch wants to get out and run. D'Angelo Russell wanted to get out and run. Anthony Edwards is a freaking lightning bolt. Oof. And then you get Rudy Gobert out there who wants to slow everything down. I mean, you don't blame him. It's how it, he's huge. I mean, he's not a fast, yeah. fast guy in any means, but um yeah, it's, it's not good uh, because we paying him a lot of money and we're underperforming as a team. And Anthony Edwards has been about almost as good as Donovan Mitchell was um, regular season wise in Utah. Like Anthony yeah. Edwards has been really good. Um, just hasn't been like as intelligent of a player. Not as good of a playmaker by any means, but like he puts the numbers up cause he's got the ball in the hands and uh I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, they're, they're gonna be in trouble and I'd like to see this team a little bit with towns, but I, I just, I'm still a skeptic and don't necessarily see it working. And... What no, what, what you. are you thinking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, this, I t- need, need to start building around Anthony Edwards and calling it a day. Right. Me personally, I, th- I think it's about that time to go ahead and find a way to ship out cat and, you know, just. I don't know what piece you get. I mean, I guess that's the thing. I'm trying to figure out what pairs good with Anthony Edwards. What what is going to give you that additional punch that you're getting from here? Because, I mean, Gobert has value, especially regular season. He gives you, even though he does slow the game down, he does force the other team to stay on the outside. He makes it really hard for people to go in, and I'm just trying to figure out Right, they should be a
1: pretty dang good fit. It's like they should, yeah, it should balance. Why is it like? Because no, him and Mitchell were actually a pretty good fit. Even though, I mean, I'm referring to on defense because they make up for each other um, weaknesses quite a bit. But like, it's not like they played off of each other offensively. They did a lot of actions together, and that's it's okay. They don't need to. I mean, that's not that important for those type of players but i mean i'm always a guy if you're paying somebody over 30 million dollars it's really hard when they don't create a shot and you can't rely on them to get an important bucket and you can't really run much for them outside of a action to the rim and yeah, when he's got bad say, hands half the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't do picking fades. You can't. Any, you only you can roll, and he has to crash the, to the glass. And like you said, yeah. he can't catch half the time. So, how does that work? <laughs> how does so that, going back to like
1: pairings with Anthony Edwards, I mean, he needs defense around him. I just don't ever see him getting to be a great defender by any means. Uh, he want needs guys that can run, uh, but I mean. Perfect thought that comes to my mind is like a Mikael Bridges. I was about I mean, to say, do you, to to, do you send him
0: to Paul Brooklyn? do you send him to Brooklyn Bridges? <laughs> 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 I mean, that's like I mean, it sound. I mean, Bridges is young, still young enough. You send you send Cat to Brooklyn for him gives them a, a player with enough name to to try to continue to compete out there in that um, in the East, and then sends a young player to play really defense and put up My, shots. Mike
1: Conley from four years ago might've been a perfect fit. Oh man. Conley
0: <laughs> from four years ago been great, but heck you got him now and he played with Gobert the last few years in Utah. And we saw how that, how that, how that movie went. We saw the ending of that one. Um, I, but I, I guess another pick and roll point guard is going to be something. I mean, now, now that we're talking about it, keeping it a buck, I might as well just go ahead and go for Trey young.
1: <laughs> See, I, I always dreamt of
0: like the Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns pairing,
1: uh, just the, the deep bombs and spreading the floor with those guys, and just running it. But you'd have to have two through four being incredible at defense. And but you throw, but you if, throw, if Trey and Dejounte can't work that well, and I thought they were at the beginning of the year a little bit, but um, obviously not right now, and right. they can't work. I don't see Anthony Edwards and Trey unless you literally have the best defensive players of all time. Scotty Pippen, uh, Kawhi Leonard surrounding those two dudes. Like, I don't think Ant's going to like be a zero on defense, but he's mm-hmm. not going to be that positive.
0: Yeah, he's not going to be enough to really balance Make out up for Trey Young. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> if DeJounte Murray couldn't, how do you get that? There right. with uh with uh, Anthony uh, Edwards who isn't not that he's not as good a defensive player as Dejounte Murray but Dejounte Murray focuses on defense so like Jaden McDaniels defense. perfect fit
1: like there we got two um, the rest is like I, I don't know what we're gonna do how we're gonna find it but hey that's for people a lot smarter than us to figure out uh, but <laughs> right my my thoughts are that. I want another ball handler next to Anthony Edwards. Like, I'm definitely not for point Ant. He's definitely not ever going to be to the level like even Devin Booker. Even though I like Devin Booker to have a true point guard next to him as well. Uh, But like Shea Gildas Alexander, that dude can play one through three, no problem. Even though he's the best with the ball in his hands, for sure. Right. That's not Ant. Like. I just much prefer him to get the ball past half court.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's a good way to get Trey, because, I mean, Trey's going to force him to come up on him. He <laughs> Stop can, pushing him on me. And he'll and he'll force them to have to defend him at the line, and it just does nothing but open up things up for Anthony. Send me
1: DeJounte. It can keep Trey. We'll take DeJounte.
0: Okay, I mean, hey, that's actually option number two. The The question is, is would Minnesota be willing to send some of the Utah draft picks down there for Murray? Because uh, Atlanta's, of course, going to want to recoup some of the uh, – the losses they had to San Antonio for him, but that's an interesting one. All right. Last thing we got, I got to ask, you know, I got to talk about uh, my thunder and uh, how they're playing, man. You you see this team making it into uh, making it into the play in this year, or you think they start the tank for tank for Victor Wimbanyama right now?
1: I don't want them to, I want them to keep going because that they means, do. Shay's rolling and just peaking like he is. Like, why why take the train off the tracks when things are going so well and um, this guy can speed up the process? And Jalen Williams, man, that dude gets better every time he touches the floor and he's looking – like, I'm putting money on he's a starter for a long time. So, really, if you break it down, you could potentially have – Two to four starters already on this team, and for the long term, and like, why not figure that out sooner than later? And there's a world where you don't get Victor either. I mean, they're not gonna. There's no way they they could lose every game to finish the year, and I don't think they'd still get yeah, Victor yeah. one, but yeah. So,
0: yeah, I don't think they win the, the Victor <laughs> sweepstakes, even losing right. all their games. Houston's really awful, and I know that you've been an advocate in a way for them in the beginning, but I've noticed a lot of your support's been kind of falling back on, you know, Silas is not a very good coach at the same time. These players don't seem like they care in Houston right now. (laughs) It's like, what are they doing down there? Um, They're like on an eternal tank, them and the Pistons. And I remember Oklahoma City was always considered the black eye of the NBA with their tanking. But it seems like Detroit's been tanking for like nine years. It feels like Sacramento was as well, but they finally got good this year in Houston. Ever since the James Harden trade went down, um, they truly have not learned how to play basketball again. Are, are we going to get Houston back? Are they going to ever that's show up the, again?
1: That's the power. That's your Mike Brown factor, man. That's the power of a great coach and Mark and OKC. And then you also have uh, the best player of all those teams you mentioned. And Shay, like, dude's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, so why not like have him help develop these players more and focus on your top talent and see where that takes you. They'll get experienced by, I'm always a person that says, especially with young teams, just let, the, if they're ready, they're ready, you know, let them, let them go try. And it, it, you gotta, there's a process to it. I mean, usually if you make the play in, you're probably going to be better next year and you have that experience. You understand what the playoffs are like. Why not go dabble with it? And other people's opinions could be different, but I say, go for it. This team has a lot, a lot of great players, um, for a long time. Like Lou Dortman, he's just on a good contract. He's just valuable in so many ways, in your mind, I guess, what players, like, how many players do you think are the, for the long run? Like, who would you want to hang on to? Like, I, I count five or six.
0: I'm I'm about the same. I'm seeing about six. I mean, between Shea and Giddy, who I'm really, I'm not going to lie, I'm surprised that they work so well together. I figured they would work together, but not as well as they are. And, and Giddy is doing nothing but improving even at. Nineteen years old, you know mm-hmm. he's looking like he. The game is starting to slow down for him and everything. And then bringing in Jalen Williams, that dude's a stud. He's one you got to. It's like it's him Dort. I mean, of course SGA you have to keep. I'm like if there's a definitive, those three are the ones just like you. They're off the table for anybody. And then you, I, I'm gotten to the point where Giddy's on that. You can't touch him. You can't go nowhere. Um I don't. And then from there, the rest, I mean, I think Isaiah Joe might be one where it's like, uh, we need to hang on to him. And then Chet, in which we haven't even seen Chet yet, well, he's going to be able to contribute as someone who's not going to even have as much pressure, even as a number two pick. He's not even going to have a lot of pressure on his back walking in there because it's all going to be on Shea, Josh, uh, Dorton, and Jalen Williams, which I think Jalen Williams has a chance of being being all-star caliber the way that he plays right. as young as he is he's out there man's cooking i'm like i went back and started watching some games i'm like dude he's gonna like, win me my fantasy
1: championship man
0: yes. <laughs> he's gonna be the dude to get you there and at as a rook man it's it's just shout out to sam pressey i watched Usman dang play in the g i went and worked a couple of games at the beginning of the season and watched him play and you can tell he's super raw but man if it clicks, if it clicks in, in, in the next couple of years, he's going to be dangerous. He'll be another one of those. He could even be a trade piece where you can get a couple of firsts out of him because of just the ceiling is really up there. Now, the floor is kind of low, but that ceiling is high with Dang. So they're putting some stuff together. Now I'm trying to figure out who's gone. Like, I feel like Trey Man's going to have to go and it's not because he's bad it's because somebody could use a good point guard who can right. shoot he's there at that point why not start to leverage and so i'm thinking this summer's we're going to start seeing some of the movement of the players of Presty making the decision the hard decisions of who needs to go and who needs to stay um i'm kind of curious to who actually gets chipped out basically getting shipped out kind of surprised me but not i wondered if how long we had left with him on the roster and Sure enough, they're like, yeah, go ahead and make that move. There's no point in hanging on to him when we know that he's not not in the future plans. Uh, I want to see if he plays.
1: I don't know if he's going to play in Phoenix. That's a good
0: question. I mean, hey, Cameron Payne found his new career in Phoenix after basically falling out of rotation in Oklahoma city, there could be a chance for Baisley to be able to pick that up, especially now that Bridges is gone. You kind of need a wing that can cam Johnson
1: minutes. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: There you go. You need somebody that can play that wants to try to play defense. If Baisley focuses on the defensive side, why not, you know, take that cam Johnson spot, get some deep, get, you know, play some defense, get a three here or there. Boom. You might have it, but, um, Think the future is bright, and I'm with you. They need to go ahead and just push for it this year. Go get a playoff spot, see what it looks like in the play-in, and if you make it into the playoffs, try to win series one, and uh, from there, just you know, continue to grow together. So, yeah, interesting season. I'm ready to see where everything goes. Where everything goes, my man Zach. Thank you so much, Zach Noble, Noble and Rousseau. When are you guys coming back? I know you've said you've been working on getting everything back together.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're still, we're still on the edge, but, uh, it's hopefully soon.
0: Awesome. Hopefully awesome. soon. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Love the interviews. They always, uh, it's on my, on my, my playlist when I'm, especially at the gym, listening to you guys talk to the players and get your banter back and forth. So I'm excited. So before we wrap up, give me your pick for the East and the West heading into there, to the, uh, to the finals. I'm
1: going Boston and, uh, good chalk pick yeah it's it's i really i really want philly to do it this year even though um i just think who knows how many years harden and, and beat actually have playing at this this level and they have the pieces around them it's just i think boston's gonna be a force for years like i need that conference finals match uh but any of those top three make it i'm cool uh, but in the West, it's such a hard pick. And
0: <laughs> oh, I wanted to put you on the spot go- for that one.
1: I'm going Denver. I'm really doing it. Uh, but that's just because it's just because I don't trust Chris Paul to make it through. And I think they absolutely need him. I think they, if they had Bridges or Cam Johnson, more so Bridges. If they had Bridges, Chris Paul doesn't even need to be there. Like give me campaign in that starting lineup. They're good. They can win. Uh, but they need Chris Paul, and they need him bad. Uh, so I just can't – I'm relying on this Denver team much much more right now, which is always risky. But uh, the Clippers, I, I want Westbrook, man. I want him to come back and fit with his boy PG. I think that could be fun. I'd, I'm not going to bank on that either. But, yeah, Denver and Boston, how about
0: you? Uh, so I'm right now. It it all depends on if Middleton can get healthy. But I really do. I, I'm thinking the Bucks make it back. I think that they they go ahead and uh, lock things down. They're on a 12 game winning streak uh, right now, and I think that they just go ahead and buckle up. Uh, Giannis is he avoided serious injury. Let's see if he comes back healthy enough. But I do think that they can push their way through, make it back to the finals. Um, after winning it a couple years ago. But in the West, man, I'm going to go ahead and just throw a flyer out there. I think the Suns ends up making it. Kevin Durant comes back healthy. Chris Paul plays enough ball. And it's going to be just Katie and Booker cooking for the rest of the year. And, boom, we see them in the NBA Finals playing against the Bucs again Ugh. in the rematch. And the question's going to be, can the Suns actually win at this time with the additional scoring power? of Kevin Durant, because that's going to be tough trying to defend Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I kind of want KD jumping be a so hand. many teams
1: with yep. KD jumping so many teams. There's so many good storylines. I it mean, is. you got the foot on the line against Milwaukee. You got, um, in the West. I mean, if golden state comes along, you know, it...
0: it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. There's so much to talk about with it. And I really want to, I want Kevin, I want a player of Kevin Durant's caliber to just become a mercenary. Just go team to team and win championships. I would love for him to oh. go win a championship in Phoenix. I want him and to Bell. be in Phoenix, go somewhere <laughs> else, and win a championship in like in, in Philly. I just want him to be a mercenary. And that will be every year go to a new team, get a fat contract, win a championship for him. But yeah, that would like be it. dope. that would be dope. That'll be dope. So that's Minnesota, Zach. here he comes. Here he comes. He's going to Minnesota. He's going to get Anthony Edwards his championship, too. So, man, I appreciate you pulling up, as usual, to the show, bro. Oh, man, thanks a bunch for y'all pulling up and listening. Thank you, Zach Noble, for always showing love here with me here in Affairs Sports. Um, thank y'all for listening wherever you're at hey while you're there man you may as well rate us and review us and give us five stars you don't think we deserve it man just give us five anyway and gift it so for mike bob and wendy thank you so much for doing what you do best and helping your boy getting this bad boy out we'll have another episode later this week uh well next week actually you know we're at the weekend we're definitely gonna get back to the twice a week um regime and Talking more NBA, talking some NFL offseason, probably a little college football as the news drop. So this is going to be my uh, therapeutic place to really just continue to chat. So I appreciate y'all showing love and support. And so with that, we'll chop it up. I don't know. In a few days. Peace.